0: Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.
1: All right, happy spring everybody. Hey, let's say happy spring on three, are you ready? One, two, three. Happy spring, very excited for some warm weather finally. My name's Tim. I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid. Glad that you've joined us for our really mini-series we're calling Involved. It's really just two parts. And then we begin our famous summer uh, Pop God series, which is a live music series we're going to be doing. Uh, If you like that song, Happy with Pharrell and Imagine Dragons, we're going to perform some of today's most popular songs live at your campus. And then we're going to look at how the lyrics connect to scripture. Specifically, we're going to relate music to the Old Testament book of Malachi. What does ancient faith and spirituality look like kind of in a modern context? And it's a super fun series. So this is the perfect one to invite the music lover in your life. We're going to give you invite cards and that series, Pop God, starts in two weeks. So come get your music on. But today I'm going to challenge you to get involved here at Liquid, especially those of you, if you've been coming for a while, and you aren't currently involved in life at church, I want to invite you to be very upfront and clear what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to get off of the sidelines and come down onto the field and get involved in what's going on in your church. And ushers, you can lock the doors. No one can escape now, okay? No, it's not that, it's not that sort of thing. Every spring, basically, I challenge newcomers or even long timers. Maybe you've been coming for a while, but you're just kind of sitting there. You just come to the service. And you'll see, we're challenging you to get involved. you see the three letters that are highlighted? V-O-L or VOL. You know what that stands for? Yes, the volleyball team. Join our church volleyball team. No, that's not what it stands for. It stands for volunteer. Every Sunday, there are literally hundreds of volunteers, an army of volunteers, who really make Liquid Church happen. Like today, you came, there was a volunteer who set up the flags, who was directing traffic kind of on the way and showing you where to park. There were volunteers who handed you a program or they they shook your hand, they smiled at you, they wrote a name tag out. There were volunteers right now who are teaching your children in Liquid Kids. They're wearing, you know, floral, uh, you know, crazy shirts and they're making God's word come alive for our students. There are volunteers who set up the room, the auditorium you're meeting in right now. They arrived early, and volunteers are running the lights, the sound, the video equipment, making everything work. And there's a simple reason we have hundreds of volunteers who get involved every week, and that's because they believe in the God-given mission of Liquid Church, which is to help our generation take their next steps into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, for some people, that next step is just attending a church where they don't feel judged. For some, We have a lot of people at Liquid who are coming back to the faith and returning after some time away. But for others, it's the next step. They're joining a life group and they're meeting new friends or joining a team and saying, man, my talents actually serve a greater good. But for everybody, the goal is the same, and that is lives changed by Jesus Christ. We're really all about life change. In fact, to keep my focus on it, I keep a binder on my desk. You can see the cover here. It says, stories of life change. And these are emails, hundreds of emails that people send me describing how God has changed their, their life or their family's life at this church. We've got emails in here from you know a boy in Nutley who doesn't have a father, but he comes every Sunday with his grandma and Liquid Kids changed his life. It's the best hour of his week. We've got emails from, from a family who started volunteering during our Jesus Loves Jersey outreach. They never did it before, but now they're hooked. And the mother and her daughter, they're serving in Mountainside at Camp Rock this summer. We've got emails. A man in New Brunswick who stood up to receive Jesus Christ as a Savior on Easter. It was his first time, first Sunday visiting, and he got saved. And now he's reading the Bible. He's asking, how do you pray and develop a relationship where we're helping disciple him? Story after story after story of lives changed by Christ Every single Sunday at every Liquid Campus. That's why I love this church. You know, when you see volunteers, we wear these, I love Liquid Church. That's why. Because we hope this is a place you can invite your friends, even the ones who are skeptical, no matter how cynical your friends are, or if they have their defenses up, or maybe they had a bad experience with organized religion, they checked out a while ago. Eventually, you know what I believe? If each of us gets involved, we play our part, and then we give God the room to do his thing, I'm convinced that they're going to experience a level of acceptance and grace that's going to compel them to know more about Jesus Christ and receive him as their Lord and Savior. And their lives are going to change. They're going to fundamentally change. Just ask Melissa. Melissa is a young mom who started attending Liquid a few months ago, and she had some serious obstacles. She actually had two boys who were diagnosed with fragile X. That's a mental handicap. And she came to this church believing that her son's condition was God's punishment on her life. She was taking drugs, became addicted, was unemployed. Enter God. I want you to take a moment and listen to Melissa's story of life change.
0: I really didn't really believe at all. I was basically making myself happy through the use of drugs. When I had my boys, they were both diagnosed with Fragile X, which is a mental retardation, so I thought I was being punished. Just a lot of people came up to me and was telling me that he's not punishing you, he gave you special kids for a reason. You were strong enough, I guess, to deal with it, to handle them. Just one day, like, I just, had enough of the way I was living, because my it was no life that I was living at all. And I decided to stop using and to basically give my life over to God. I just promised myself that I would make it a routine every week to be in church every week, no matter what, and that's what I did. Since I accepted Christ, my life's been more happy, more joyful, a new way of living. I've been more with joy, peace, and just I feel I'm happier. I know if I live this way, it'll be better. I want to be baptized today because I want to let it be known publicly that I accepted Christ as my Savior. I want to celebrate my new life with Christ, my family, and friends. We have the extreme privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Isn't that awesome? Can we hear it from Melissa and the hundreds of people? We had over 100 people being baptized into new life in Christ. I love that this church is a safe place. For people like Melissa, you know, just to experience the radical love and forgiveness of Christ. What what I love about Melissa's story is that she came here, and she found people didn't judge her, but actually showed her the compassion of Christ, loved on her kids. She gives her life to Christ this spring, and now she gets the gospel, the good news. God isn't punishing us for our sins. Jesus took all our punishment on the cross, and now we're, we're, we're accepted in Christ. She's now employed. She's clean and sober, loving on her two boys. And Melissa, we are privileged to walk alongside of you. As a brother in Christ, we're so glad you're part of our our family. That really is a picture of life change. That's why we do what we do as a church. And that's what happens when each of us gets personally involved in the mission of Liquid. That's Lives change. That's a win. That's what success looks like. So you need to understand what success is in our church. Success for us as a church is is not just numbers. It's not just a full room or a huge offering. I mean, those are all great signs of health and momentum. But success for us looks like a 35 year old married guy who wakes up on Sunday and his wife's been bugging him to go to church, but he doesn't want to go. And then his friend goes, Why don't you come to church? He's like, Oh, no, this liquid thing. I don't want to go. And so he finally says, Oh, all right, I'll go. And he pulls into the parking lot and he's like, Is this going to be weird? But then he walks in and sees some of you normal people wearing flip-flops, right, who put him at ease. And the signs make it easy to find where to go. And he, and he brings his kids to Liquid Kids. And there's another dad there who's like, don't worry, we're not going to steal your kids. Here's my cell phone number. And he kind of relaxes. And he walks into the auditorium at your campus. You know the first thing actually he thinks is? He won't say it, but he's actually thinking, wow, I can't believe the music doesn't suck. That's incredible. That's amazing. It's actually engaging. And the message is meaningful. It's actually relevant to his marriage or his career. And 70 minutes later, he thinks, you know what? That wasn't bad. I may come back next week. That's success. You don't have to be all in. You know, It's a first step. And that's success for us. Success for us looks like a 28-year-old single girl who just moved to New Jersey. Maybe she's go to grad school at Rutgers. Or she's starting her first job. And she feels all alone because she's in New Jersey and her parents are in another state and they're worried. But she visits our church for the first time and oh, she meets other people, young people just like her. And then she joins a life group, meets some other women and she calls her parents and she's like, you know what? I went to church and I'm meeting new friends. And her parents can't believe it. They're like, New Jersey has churches? Oh. We, see, we don't just celebrate full rooms. We celebrate changed lives. That's success. Success for us is a 10-year-old boy telling his parents, Mom, wake up. We got to get up. It's Sunday. We got to go to church because he loves it. The content is so engaging. His small group leader is so relational. It's the best hour of his week. And for a fifth-grade boy to say, man, I'm going to skip soccer or be late to my game because I can't miss my small group, that's success. See, because so many of you are involved, lives are changing all over our state. In New Brunswick, in Nutley, in Mountainside, in Morristown, I mean, why else would people from all walks of life, ages and stages, get up early on a Sunday to volunteer, (laughs) to set up signs and speakers and volunteers to fold bulletins and prep materials and spend part of their precious weekend mentoring a middle schooler? That's supernatural, okay? The reason they do it is because they realize there are life-changing things happening in this church, and they're like, I want a front row seat to this. I want to be involved. So let me, again, be very clear about what I'm going to ask you today. If you're currently involved, actually, I'm not going to ask anything. You have my heartfelt thanks. But if you've been coming to our church for a while and you're like kind of sitting on the sidelines, at the end of today's message, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat, get involved, and sign up to take a backstage tour where we're going to show you all the volunteer roles we have that you might get plugged in to the life of our church, all right? So our text today comes from James chapter 2. So if you want to open your Bible, I call this Jimmy's letter, okay? James, I call him Jimmy. Did you know that James was Jesus' little brother? Jesus had a brother. his half-brother, James. And Jimmy was the main leader of the church at Jerusalem. That's exit 84A off the parkway. And Jimmy was, uh, he wrote this short letter. It's called an epistle. This, this book is only five chapters long. If you're looking like, for a good Bible study for the summer for your life group, this is great. James is extremely practical. You know how some parts of the Bible are like, really theological? They're like, you gotta, they hurt your brain. James is just practical. This is concrete, nuts and bolts examples of how Christ followers are supposed to live. And in James 2, basically he lays out what genuine faith looks like because there was a problem in the early church. The early church was full of hypocrisy. You know what hypocrisy is? Right when you say something but you do something else, your actions don't mat- match up with your words. I'm so glad the church today doesn't have any of that problem. Right, James confronts this conflict head on. He's like, you know what? It is not enough to talk about our Christian faith. We got to live it out. You got to get involved. So let's read what James wrote in chapter two. I'll start at verse 14. It's under the heading Faith and Deeds. Jimmy says, um, "What good is it, my brothers and sisters?" So he's writing to Christians. If someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? And then he says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you, go ahead, next slide, says to them, go in peace, keep warm, well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by, what's the word here? Say this, ready? Action. Action is Dead. So James is bringing up the relationship between faith on one hand and action on the other. And he's saying, really, it's impossible for you to have one without the other. As Christians, we're saved by faith. What we do is, we're not saved by our good deeds or action. We're saved by faith, by the grace of God alone. In other words, we see what Jesus did on the cross. He said, I have faith that Christ was sinless. He took my sin and out of sheer love and grace, he's saving me. I'm forgiven and I'm restored to God by faith. That's how we're saved. But basically James is saying, you know what? If your faith isn't followed by tangible action, by you now serving others out of love and grace, then it's incomplete. If there is no fruit, how can this be for real? If you've received the love of Christ, but you don't have love for others, there's a disconnect here. In other words, actions show that our faith is authentic. A changed heart always ends up and results in results and changed behavior. So when you realize what Christ did for you at your moment of need, it will start opening your eyes to the needs of other people. He's like, suppose another brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and if one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed. In other words, if you just use religious talk, I'll pray for you, brother. But you don't do anything, <laughs> what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. Genuine faith always produces good deeds. That's the big idea of Jimmy's letter. And it's the essence of what it means to follow Christ and be involved. See, there is a world of difference between attending church. In other words, coming to a single service on Sunday, and then you go home and you get on with your own life. (laughs) Being involved in Jesus' church means you're invested. It means you're actually sacrificing precious time on the weekend, precious treasure, your talents to serve other people sacrificially the way Christ served you. That's the whole point of faith. Out of love, God saw your need. He says, I'm going to get involved in your life now. Out of my love, I want you to get involved in the lives of others, especially those who are in need. And let me tell you something. This church, we have people in need more than you think. And I believe God is calling some of you to put your faith into action and get involved. Uh, Let me show you a cool picture of something that happened just a few weeks ago. It's a picture of Bo Saldano, his mother Liz. They live in Bloomingburg, New York. Okay, that's 80 minutes away from our Morristown campus. But every Sunday, Liz brings her eight-year-old son Bo to Liquid because of the special needs program we have at Liquid Kids. Bo has cerebral palsy, seizure disorder. He's an incredible little boy. He's a gifted boy. He's had difficulty walking, he has to wear a helmet to school, and, and doesn't speak yet, but he loves his buddy Charlie. He's a young man, his 20, he said, I'm going to get involved in Bo's life. And because of that, Liz says, I'm going to make a three-hour round trip to Liquid every weekend. Now listen to this. Over the winter, they had ceiling damage in the home where they lived, there was a leak in the, in the roof, and as a single mom, she had limited resources, no money to do the repairs, and so she told Sam Robinson, who was a volunteer at Liquid Kids, and she said, you know what? I'm gonna get involved in this. Well, the coolest thing happened. One of our life groups organized a group of nine to 10 guys and they put in over 200 volunteer hours on over Friday and Saturday. They went to Liz and Bo's house, they repaired the roof, they put up a brand new ceiling, they installed insulation, they painted a bedroom, they power washed and repaired the deck, they installed a brand new front entrance, they did landscaping and cleanup. I'm like, would you come to my house, please? That would be awesome. And most of all, Bo got to help. This is a cool picture. I love this. This is a picture of Bo with the men in his power drill. Uh, Bo made a new friend for life, Scott Jacobson. He is a Marine who actually has a heart of gold. Scott just spent the weekend loving on Bo one-on-one, showing him how to use a belt sander because you got to start kids early with that, with power tools. <laughs> to me, that's beautiful because you know what that is? That's a picture of faith in action. Yeah, that's the heart. That's the church of Jesus at its best. That's the heart of what it means to be involved because being saved means the love of christ has so deeply penetrated your heart it overflows in love and service to other people when they're in need and what's so cool is this was not a church outreach this was not one of those projects we said all hands on deck we all need you this just happened spontaneously organically out of some life groups that heard about a need and said you know what we can do something about this We can go serve a single mom and her son who has special needs. And you know what? That's the heart of James's letter, what he's talking about. In fact, look at this. In the first chapter of James, he says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. At Liquid, we have a huge heart for single parents and their kids. I believe that they are a modern-day version of the widows and orphans that God commands us to actually have special care for. What's beautiful is nobody commanded these life groups to help these volunteers. They just saw a need. They got involved. They put their faith, faith into action. And that's what authentic faith is supposed to look like, according to James. Faith and action go hand in hand. Now, James says someone will say, hey, you have faith I have deeds. And James says, you know what? Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do, by my deeds. See, this is the idea, guys. While it's true that good deeds don't earn salvation, true faith always results in good deeds. They demonstrate your faith is actually genuine. That's the heart of being involved. You ever have someone say to you, well, I'm involved? I remember in college asking this girl out on a date, and she said, I'm sorry, I'm already involved. I was like, oh, Click. And I got what she meant, right? She's like, I'm involved in a relationship. I'm emotionally invested and connected with another person. It's not just putting your head into something. It's putting your heart into it. And that's what I want to challenge some of you to do in the seats today. I want you to to put your heart in it, put your faith, put feet into your faith, put faith into action and get involved as a volunteer. And to do that, I'm going to give you an invitation personally to take a backstage tour at your campus this summer. In fact, I'm going to invite our ushers down at every campus. They're going to come, and they're going to hand each of you a ticket here that says Backstage Tour. Can we hear it for the greeting team at your campus? Give them a hand. These guys do an amazing job. Every week, our Guest Connections volunteers. They set up the room for you. They give you a Bible, a pen. Now they're handing out these things. And let me tell you a little bit about this. We give a backstage tour in the summer. We host several of them. They're just an hour long, And it's a chance for you to look behind the scenes at Liquid. You ever wonder, like, what goes on? We pull the curtain back so that you can actually get an insider's peek at all of the volunteer environments at our church. And then you can see where you may get involved this fall. A lot of the backstage tours take place before or after a Liquid service. So you basically just come to the service and you go on a little tour. And on the back, all you need to do today is fill in your name, your email, and tell us which campus you're at. Then when you hand this in today, we're going to email you with the dates and times. You're not committing to volunteering or serving. You're just going to take a sneak peek behind the scenes this summer. This is important for you to understand. If you write your name on this and give us your email, it's not like, ha ha, now you're serving in the nursery for the next decade, okay? That's not the idea here. You're not not starting to serve next Sunday. This is a chance. What we'll do is we'll take you on a tour this summer, and then we'll help you find your fit so that you can get involved in the fall. So you have time to think about this, okay? But let me be very specific about this, because right now, one of our biggest areas of need in our church is the one that Bo and his mom really represent, and that is Liquid Family. So what I did is I invited our pastor of Liquid Families, Pastor Mike Leahy, to join me today, most of you know Mike because he has served as a pastor at all four of our campuses. So would you welcome Pastor Mike to the stage? Give him a big hand. Come on out, Mikey. What's up, big man? Here he is, the big, tall Viking. You are a family. I see family on the t-shirts. You've got your family, family. shirt. Tell we me got... a little bit about your family.
2: Uh, so my wife Tara and I, actually, at the end of this month, fun little fact for us, we're gonna celebrate 18 years of being married. Wow. And if you could clap for us, because yeah, we're making hand. it, Give Tara that a would hand. be great motion clap for tara (laughs) and then uh, i think we have a picture of these guys um but we have uh Uh, three girls all girls in my house including the dog and uh (laughs) is a high schooler and then i have two middle schoolers as well and i apologize like i know a lot of you families you have that picture in your house where like everyone's in the field and your and your hair is blowing in the wind look at you guys Uh, we're just buying candy that's about this is all. actually
1: this is appropriate. You're the nerd and tires the hot tamale. It's <laughs> yeah, very that, symbolic, <laughs> I think.
2: There's a little bit of truth to that, <laughs> for sure. Um, but what's been fun for us as a family is that my girls have really grown up here at Liquid Church. So they've had the privilege of going through Liquid Kids, and now they're in middle school and high school. And so yeah. this is actually pretty selfish for me. Because right now, I will never be more passionate about what's happening in our church in terms of middle school and high school, it's because that's where my kids are, right? And I know uh, the type of needs that we have as a, as a family. Yeah,
1: particularly with middle school. I've got a middle schooler now. Oh, you same, do? Same thing, 12 years old. So wait, let me it's get this a-
2: straight. If you have a middle schooler, how in the world does she let you wear high tops?
1: Oh, dude, that's, that's <laughs> right? a low blow,
2: man. Come on, my look girl, at these. My girls would never let me out of the house. These with are
1: girls. my kicks. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. Actually, I ordered these on eBay, right? They got gone for like 30 bucks. And I, get, I put on the sneakers and I wear, walk in the kitchen and my wife is like, really? <laughs> and I was like, is this in my range? And she goes, she goes, you can pull that off. And my daughter goes, that's a high note, daddy. She's <laughs> like, that's like, but I, I, I like to trend down. So uh, anyway, I have a middle schooler, but it, it's funny because when they turn 11 and 12, which a lot of, we have a huge influx of students who are just entering middle school and then high school. Um, I have found that the window of like our voice as a parent having influence is, is closing. So tell us, like you know, as parent, like what do we need as a church?
2: Well, I, actually, if I could spin this a little bit different in terms of what does our church need, I think the most important need that we have is actually for our teens, our kids, right, in the journey of life that they're in, and then obviously, obviously for our parents as they're kind of guiding them through. Uh, what can be some pretty tumultuous years, and so uh, if you think back with me, maybe a month or two, we were in the Cold Case Christianity series, and uh, Jay Warner Wallace was here, and I had a chance to talk to him, and you know I was kind of sharing my role in the church and and my role as a dad, and he shared this quote with me that's actually been pretty haunting. Um, and so I'm going to share it with you this morning. It says, uh, young people want answers. I'm like, oh yeah, right? Of course they do. They want answers. They're willing and ready to roll up their sleeves and prepare themselves. They want their own doubts answered and they want to respond to the skeptics in their lives. And then he goes on to say this. He says, it's time for the church to raise up a generation of young people who are equipped with a biblical worldview and can articulate this worldview with strength and conviction. Mm. And guys, as a parent, that was very convicting, Mm. right? Because as a parent, you know, we feel woefully inadequate in terms of raising our children. um, And, you know, sometimes we really feel like we're making it up as we go along. So I wanted to share the story of Avon. Avon is a... uh, young lady who goes to our Nutley campus, and she's part of the high school group there. Um, and it was uh, so neat to be able to celebrate as part of our spring baptisms this year, her baptism. And so I want to share just a little bit of her story with you. Um, now, this is part of her testament. I'm going to share the front end and the back end. Now, the front end said this. She said, you know, I'm going through a really bad time in my life. My parents have just divorced I'm angry at the world. I feel like I have no friends, and I feel lonely. And I actually tried to commit suicide. Hmm. And guys, I don't know about you, but if that's like your your daughter or your niece or someone that's in your sphere, like those are disturbing words, right? And what happened is that someone invited her to liquid. And so she's like, hey, I don't really know this faith thing, but she went ahead and attended, and she said, wow, the message was good. The music was good. I, I didn't feel like anyone was judging me. And then here's the important part of her story. Someone invited her to the Nutley High School Life Group, and she came. And as she was meeting there with those students and those mentors, Avon made the decision to accept Christ as her personal Savior. She did that because of a mentor in her life created an environment. And so what she said kind of at the end of her testimony, she's like, I'm starting to learn to love myself. I'm I'm happier. I'm not so angry at the world. And the best part is not only did I accept Christ as part of my life group and those mentors helping me along to understand how God feels about me, but I understand that I'm not worthless. Mm. And guys, that's an incredible gift for the role of a mentor to have in a young person's life.
1: Yeah, that's the power of a mentor. I mean, I'm looking here, I see some of the mentors, Tommy and Tanya. What, tell me a little bit more about this. What is a mentor?
2: Yeah, qu- quite simply, Tim, a mentor is a friend. A friend who's a little bit older, not old, just a little bit older, right? <laughs> a little bit further along in life. And a mentor does exactly this. Tanya, Tommy, Cynthia, she yeah. even brings uh, her kids with her. They go to basketball games. It's pretty simple, right? They go out for ice cream. They spend time getting coffee. They text back and forth during the week. Uh, they uh, you know, message each other on Instagram, not Facebook. If you're on Facebook, parents, that's like old school. All right, uncool. Right? That's, Un- a, <laughs> that's, that's a free tip for you as a parent. Instagram. Not Facebook. Um, but that's the role of a mentor in a kid's life. Yeah.
1: Now, this is important because really, as we're ramping up for the fall, we need a lot of new mentors for middle school and high school. It's really the vision that Pastor Mike has laid out. And this is, a, this is important, Mike, because you're getting personally involved as a mentor, but not to your girls, you and Tara. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, my girls wouldn't have any part of that. But <laughs> like I said before, Tara and I feel woefully inadequate. We feel like we're making it up part of the times. And so, one of the things we decided is that this fall, you know, we're launching excuse me, life groups across all of our campuses. And this fall, we're going to have high school groups. And Tara and I are each going to lead one. She's going to lead one for girls. I'm going to lead one for guys. Because we know for you guys as parents, you need this. But this is a selfishly motivated thing. Because we're going to mentor your kids. But would you mentor ours? Because we need help too. Like, we can't do this alone. As a matter of fact, this is why we call it, like, liquid family right we're all in this together i think there was like a a famous one we're all don't sing that okay sorry for all you can't rock people out (laughs) there all in this together let's not do that no let's not do that let's not do that (laughs) hashtag sorry not sorry (laughs) our our kids are sorry that we okay they're sorry that just is
1: it mike what else besides mentors what else do we need
2: uh, we also need a host homes. Some of you are like, "Listen, I could never be a mentor. It's just not my wheelhouse. I can't pull off those high uh, those high tops like Tim can." Only a few people. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'd love for you to open up your home. And the best thing that you can do is provide great snacks—not just Oreos, <laughs> but like double stuff Oreos, That's right? It. You you give good food; those kids will love being in your house. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is a host home. We really want you to invest in the mentors who are investing in the kids, right? Those mentors, they're uh, leading them through Bible studies, they're investing in their lives, but would you take some time as a host home just to mm-hmm. invest in our mentors so they know how much we value and care for the impact they're making?
1: Yeah, this is important because as you fill out this card today, the backstage tour, if you're like, you know what? I'd actually like more information about maybe being a mentor or I could open my home you know, once or twice a month. Would you write the word family? On the top here, right around the whiteboard, right family, and then Mike, you and the family team are going to connect with people this week, right? Yeah, I
2: might even call you tomorrow, actually.
1: <laughs> but you're not <laughs> signing up for life, okay? This is an important thing, and again, there's a lot of opportunities. Any closing thoughts from you, Mike? You
2: know, there's one thing I want to say, just kind of going back to that Avon story, right? I mean, when Avon gets older, you know, 40, 50 years later, right, and maybe her hair gets a little bit grayer and she's further along in life, she's going to look back and she's going to share. Her spiritual journey, and do you know the names that she's going to recall as part of that journey? It's going to be Tanya. It's going to be Tommy. It's going to be Cynthia. It's going to be James. Her mentors that helped her understand that she is not worthless, that actually she is a daughter of the Most High God. That's the type of spiritual legacy that we want to have as part of our church as we raise this ne- next generation together.
1: That's a great challenge. Can we thank Pastor Mike for coming so, today? Give him a hand. Thanks, thanks, thanks Mikey. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. You know, I like, I like that challenge, you know, who, who, what names are going to be in your, in your faith journey. Uh, let me tell you something. I know something about each of you, and that's every single person at our campuses today. You're here Because somebody said, I'm going to invest part of my life in that kid or that young adult. That's why I'm here. Somebody saw that you had a need and they said, you know what? I'm going to take a a little slice of my time and and lay it over their life and get involved. And I'm going to believe that God is going to use that to do something profound in their life. For me, that person was Miss Lillian. Let me show you her picture. Miss Lillian was my Sunday school teacher when I was 12 years old. And she taught our class of sixth grade boys at the church where I grew up. I didn't appreciate the time, but I got a 12-year-old. I realized Miss Lillian is a saint now, okay? She is, that's her today. She's been teaching Sunday school for 45 years. That's more years than I've been alive on earth, okay? It's incredible. And what's in, she got involved with a 12-year-old snot-nosed punk like Timmy Lucas, who was not a joy at the time. I'm a joy now, but I was not a joy then. And Miss Lillian, every single Sunday, she'd make the Bible come alive. She'd act it out, and then she would bribe us with candy which I loved as a little kid. You give us a pack of sweet tarts for every verse we memorized. And so I loved me some candy. And so I would memorize all these verses and God started planting the word of God in my heart. And you know what? Years later, that got watered and here I am. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor because of Miss Lillian. Blame her, okay, if you got a problem. She changed my life and because she got involved. She said, I'm gonna take a little slice of my weekend, get involved in a 12-year-old boy's life and God did the rest. Today, you have the opportunity to change somebody else's life. I like what Mike said. Who who will say your name in years from now when they tell the story of their faith? That's the secret to life change, guys. Lives change when we put our faith in action in a strategic way. So if you're not connected today, you're not volunteering, I want to talk to you directly right now, would you be willing to take a slice of your time on Sunday and overlay it with our strategy so that more lives can change by God's grace in the year to come. I'm talking directly to people who are not currently volunteering. If you're volunteering right now, you have my heartfelt thanks. You're, you're helping raise my kids in the faith. But I'm speaking to those of you who maybe you've been coming Sunday after Sunday, but you're not currently serving. And, and the first thing I want to ask is, what are you waiting for? If you are waiting for a personal invitation from me, here it is, okay? This is it. This is your ticket to the dance. Specifically... We need 250 of you to volunteer at your campus. We need some men who will step up and invest in the lives of young boys, okay? Fifth, sixth graders, high school, we need men to step up. We need some ladies and young women. You know what we need you to do, ladies? We need you to meet with girls and share with them biblical truth and your life experiences that will help them avoid stepping on some of the same landmines that you stepped on in middle school and high school. We need people who will partner with parents so you can be a voice and a mouthpiece for faith when the kids start actually kind of not listening to their parents as much anymore. In short, we need you. We need all of you to get off the sidelines and get in the game so that lives can change. And I understand that's a big ask, okay? You may not know exactly where you fit yet. You're like, I'm not a mentor. I don't have a home. That's fine. We've made it super easy to find out more through the backstage tour this summer. Again, we're going to show you all sorts of volunteer environments, not just liquid kids. You're going to see roles of volunteers on the greeting team who welcome newcomers on Sundays, from the media team to roadies. You ever wonder all the lights, camera, and graphics, how that all works? We'll show you how it works. And you're going to meet first-class people because our volunteers are world-class. They could be investing their time in all sorts of things on a weekend. But what happened? They were saved by Christ and they caught the vision for Jesus's church. In fact, can we hear it for all of our volunteers right now who are serving? They're loving on your kids. They're going to collect your cards and We are so grateful to you. But we made this super easy. Just put your name and email, check the box of your campus, and then you're going to drop that into the bucket when it goes around at the end of the service in just a minute. But this is the heartbeat of what it means to follow Jesus, putting your faith into action. And this really is your ticket to the dance. In fact, somebody said to me, you know, my Sunday's very busy. It's hard for me just to get here. Guess what? You don't even have to volunteer on Sunday. We have volunteer opportunities during the week at the liquid office. We have volunteers who come during the week and assemble programs, fold T-shirts. We have an army of hands and fingers that do data entry. You know, you're gonna get. We're gonna collect these cards from you, and guess what? You're gonna get an email because somebody said, "I'll volunteer on Monday to send out an email to you." So understand. Don't make the mistake of thinking, "Well, I have. I don't have the time." None of us have the time. It's New Jersey people. I don't know enough of the Bible. Guess what? You don't have to be a scholar. We will train you. We will work with every time you have. And all I'm saying is, would you just be available to take a tour that is less than 60 minutes? The Bible says each of us was created with a talent, a passion, a gift that was meant to build up Jesus' church. You can make money with it. God bless you. That's a wonderful thing. But this is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to build the kingdom. As James says, faith By itself, if it's not accompanied by what? Action is dead. But the reverse is true. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. Faith and deeds, deeds and faith, they go hand in hand. Amen? Listen, to those of you who are involved, you're serving as your pastor, I can't thank you enough. You are literally helping raise my children. It really does take a village. They're getting to know their Savior because of your sacrifice. So I thank God. I love that we get to lock arms together every weekend and do this. But to those of you now who are about to take a step and get involved, understand, you are going to see lives change before your eyes, including your own. So I want to pray for us, and then afterwards, our ushers are going to come forward, and you can drop this card in the bucket as it comes around. Let me pray for us, all our campuses. Bow your heads, would you? Father, thank you for your church. I thank you for the volunteers, God, who they don't do this for pay. They do it because They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, bigger than money or a career, building the kingdom of God, seeing a faith passed down from generation to generation. And Lord, would you just bless them right now? Thank you, Lord. Just I'm so grateful for the people who sacrifice every single week to make Jesus visible. But God, right now, as we drop these cards into the buckets, would you change lives? I pray that years from now, some people in this room will look back in this moment And they will say, it all started with that backstage tour, and I got addicted. I just just love seeing lives change. God, thank you for doing more than we can ask or imagine. We ask to bring great glory to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said together, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com